You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I'm Steven Serta, as always, joined by my guy, Rocky Magana. The Kansas City Chiefs in the regular season finale win it 28-24 on the road against the Denver Broncos. Uh, Rocky, I feel like I look terrible. Uh, I feel like my hair is all over the place, like I'm in shambles right now. Just because I was so frustrated with this game for... Really, until Melvin Gordon just said, all right, enough of this. I am ending this thing. I am tired of playing this game. We are better than the Denver Broncos, and we have no business losing this football game. And took it into his own hands, forced a fumble on Melvin Gordon, and it was scooped and scored by Nick Bolton. Incredible play. Amazing play that gave the Chiefs the opportunity to win this football game and put themselves in position with a little bit of help from the Houston Texans to possibly still get that first round AFC bye. But as I mentioned, Rocky, uh, your thoughts after the Chiefs wrap up the regular season, they finish with a 12 and five record, still a chance at that first round bye in the AFC. But this was kind of a frustrating performance from the start for Kansas City. Not confident, Steven. Not <laughs> confident at all rolling into the playoffs. I mean, like this Denver Broncos offense is bad. They're bad. They're not they're not talented. Drew Locke is not a good NFL caliber quarterback. I mean, he missed a lot of throws in this game. Um and honestly, Melvin Gordon, we said it all along like he's been a revelation since we uh, since we signed him. He's kind of the guy that kind of makes this front four click. But that's how bad this Denver Broncos offense is is that all it really takes is one big play from a defense. To make to to really shut them down and change the entire game, like they're not a, they're not an offense that's really designed to come from behind, um, and to and to make up points like that. I, uh, they got some nice some nice running backs in Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. They gave the Chiefs fits today, but the Chiefs were as much as their own worst enemy as either one of those running backs were. I don't want to take those were both talented running backs, but they're not as good as the Chiefs made them look today. And I know uh, Tyron Matthew playing through some injuries, those sort of things. You got to, but wrapping up has nothing to do with your knee. You know, you can't drive through the guy. I understand that, but the the Chiefs defense on the whole just didn't tackle today. Yeah. And we were talking about this a little bit uh, during the game. Their tackling is a problem, but their tackling has been a problem for a long time. It kind of settled down and wasn't as big of an issue when they went on that eight game win streak in the middle of the season and they were playing really, really sound defense across the board. But really, over the last four weeks or so, especially their run defense has just been straight up bad. Like every team that they are playing 
is running the football against them successfully. You know, that, that game against the Bengals was kind of an outlier because the Bengals just said, Joe, but we're just going to attack you with Joe and Jamar chase. So they didn't even really try to run the football in that game. But when teams have committed to the run, the chiefs are giving up a ton of yards on the ground. And it was an issue again tonight where Drew Locke had two touchdown runs because he was just taking off and they weren't really giving him respect and they weren't really giving respect to his athleticism and him utilizing his legs like that, which is kind of frustrating because it kept happening over and over again. At one point, like Drew Locke, their entire offense was just Drew Locke running the ball instead of throwing because he's just not a particularly good passer of the football. But it is a concern when you're headed into the AFC playoffs and you've got teams like the Chargers, who we've already seen them produce against you on the ground with Austin Eckler, who's a very talented running back. Uh, the Patriots and the Colts, like are all teams that Kansas City could possibly face in the AFC postseason that are all really good at running the football, and especially the Colts with Jonathan Taylor and the Patriots' entire offense is basically Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. Like, so those teams are going to rush the football against you. And the Chiefs have proven over the last month or so that that run defense isn't particularly good, but it felt like there was a lack of energy throughout this entire game, in my opinion, where I get it. It's week 18. You're banged up. And the field was just sloppy as hell. Like the the field was just falling apart and it was affecting both teams. So I'm not going to be the guy that's going to sit here and be like, well, the Broncos did that intentionally to like give them some kind of advantage. Like it was affecting both sides of the ball for both teams in this football game. It was just trash. Like guys were just Tyreek Hill got hurt in the pregame and he's got a heel injury. And all of a sudden he's on a limited snap count throughout this entire game. And then we saw Travis Kelsey exit the game at the end with, with an injury. Daryl Williams did not return for the second half of this football game, and they called it a toe injury. We'll probably get an update on that from Andy Reid when he speaks to the media after the football game. But your goal coming into this game, if you're the Kansas State Chiefs, is like, yes, we know we need to win because we still want to have a chance at the first round bye. But that is a long shot. So that being a long shot, our real goal kind of seems like it's just don't get hurt in this football game. And then Tyree Hill gets hurt in the pregame warmups. And all of a sudden it's like, man, we don't even want to be here. We don't even want to be in this game. And that's kind of how I felt throughout the entire game. Like the chiefs were just kind of like, yeah, we get it. We understand what we need to do to, to possibly have a first round bye, but then we still need some help. So it's more about us just getting out of here without getting injured because it seemed like somebody was going to suffer a significant injury the way that field was just falling apart the entire game. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think, I don't know the severity of Darrell Williams' injury, but it wouldn't surprise me if Andy just said, listen, we got Jerry McKinnon, we got Derek Gore, we're going to roll with them in the second half because I don't, I can't have Clyde and Darrell both out heading into the playoffs. I got to have at least one of them available because I trust the guys. But also, that being said, going back to the defense, I mean, you made him look like he was Moses Locke out there parting the damn Red <laughs> Sea, you know, in the first half. And, yeah, the field was terrible. The field was horrible. But guess what? The Denver Broncos are playing on the same field, and they looked quicker than you today. The defense looked slow to get to the ball. It was one of the first times in a long time where our off our defense – didn't look athletic enough to keep up with a Denver offense that's not that good. 
suddenly over the last two weeks, Charvarius Ward, who when we signed him a few years ago originally, he was a 4-3-5 guy. He was known for his speed, you know, coming out of college. And suddenly he can't go stride for stride with a wide receiver anymore. I don't know what happened. I don't know if he's injured, if he's just making bad reads on the ball. But he's getting beat on, on, on straight go routes, you know, by wide receivers in two straight weeks now. You know, you got you got only three guys on the defense that seem like they're willing to tackle today and and Nick Bolton, Melvin Ingram, and um who else am I saying? Oh, the Jarius Sneed. Those are the only three guys who look like they want to tackle today. Willie Gay looks slow to the ball. He missed a number of tackles, you know. Um, you know, they say the tackling is a lot is is just it's just like ninety-nine percent want to, right? You know, an, an attitude. And it just seemed like the Chiefs were looking ahead to next week and they just didn't want to be there today. So heading into the AFC playoffs then, Rocky, like would you say your biggest question mark for this football team is still the defense or is it the offense? Because the offense wasn't particularly good tonight either. The offense left a lot on the field as always, but they did. They opened the game with that 17 play scoring drive. And then they opened the second half with another long scoring drive. And both of those were kind of clean, precise Mahomes, just picking you apart. Andy Reed, picking you apart type of scoring drives. But other than that, they lacked the explosive component once again. And I know McCole Hardman did wind up having like that 44-yard catch and run, and he had two other plays that looked like he could have taken them to the house if he would have just if he would have just broken a last-second tackle attempt and wasn't able to do that, unfortunately. But McCole Hardman actually had a pretty nice game in this one. But I think there's reason to be still be concerned about the offense. And now the defense, we are finally starting to make that turn and be confident in the defense. And in the last two weeks, you're kind of like, oh, I don't know. It's finally coming back down to earth, but this is not the time I wanted it to come back down to earth. So I'm heading into the playoffs with question marks on both sides of the football, personally. I mean, I feel like Alex Trebek right now. I just got like a whole board of questions right now <laughs> that I just want to ask this team. Like, Steve Spagnolo, can we make some adjustments in the game? Dave Tube, what's wrong with your special teams? Why do they keep on making mental errors back-to-back weeks that cost A, a, a in the, it was Zane Anderson roughing the kicker, Zane Anderson with the hold on the Byron Pringle return last week, like, I, the guy's an undrafted guy, and you always want to root for the underdog. But come on, man. That's back-to-back weeks that you had – that you took four – you put seven points on the board for the opposing team, and you took seven off for your team. Like, that's unacceptable. And then you turn around, and you, got, and you have two guys down there, and you can't down the ball inside the one-yard line. Those are mental errors. Lock it up. You know, if this is – you're at the point of the season where you got to be playing your best football, and the Chiefs are not playing their best football. They're not playing their best offensive football. The wide receivers outside of Tyreek Hill did not make plays today. Josh Gordon, if you're not going to make a contested catch and show and use your size, then I don't know why you're on the field at this point. And I love you. I hope your road to recovery, you know, everything that's going on in your personal life, I blessings and I pray for you. I pray for you and I want you to be a success. But at some point, you got to perform on the field. And, and today, there were a number of mental errors where guys needed to step up and they just, they honestly looked like they were just going through the motions. Yeah. And 
like I said, this game from the start, it felt like there was just kind of a lack of energy, right? Like there was no, there was no like plays that like where you're like, okay, like they are ready for this football game. There just wasn't a lot of juice for this one it, from the Kansas city chiefs. And like, like I said, I think it's kind of understandable. Like it's week 18. These guys are already tacking an extra week on to the regular season that they're not really used to. And they're trying to make sure that they're healthy for this playoff run. And a lot of these chiefs players are probably just like, we just want to get to the playoffs, man. Like we don't even want to be here. This game's stupid. Why are we doing this? But they still needed to go out and take care of business because that first round by could wind up being huge, especially now if we're talking about, you know, Clyde Edwards Alaire was not available today. If he needs some more time to get healthy, Travis Kelsey left the game a, a little limpy at, at the end there. And they said it was some kind of hip injury. You know, now if he needs some time, Tyreek Hill, who has seemed kind of just banged up throughout the entire season, really like I know he still played, he's still been a super productive player, but it seems like he's been battling several like minor injuries throughout the entire year. And then he gets hurt in the pregame warmups and barely plays in this football game. This passing attack is a major concern if Tyreek Hill has to miss any time. If Tyreek Hill is not healthy at all for the entirety of the playoffs, if you expect the Kansas City Chiefs to make a deep run in the postseason, because he is the passing offense. It's him and Kelsey. Like, I know we've seen Byron Pringle with his moments, and McCole Hardman had a nice game tonight, but you mentioned Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon just simply can't catch the football anymore. It's not that... He hasn't been getting opportunities and it's not like he's getting a ton of targets or anything, but when he is getting targets, he's not doing anything with them. He is not accomplishing anything within the offense and he's not really helping the chiefs when he's on the football field. And so you can't rely on Josh Gordon. McCall Hardman had a nice game tonight, but you know, generally you can't rely on him overall. And Byron Pringle just is kind of a dude like he's a nice player good story i love it when byron pringle has big games but byron pringle's not a, a star playmaker or anything like that this offense is going to live and die with patrick mahomes travis kelsey and tyree kill and you got to make sure that those guys are healthy because you can't win in the playoffs without them and I, it kind of felt like that was the approach to this game where it was just just don't get hurt sloppy field conditions we don't even really want to be here. If we lose the game, we lose the game, whatever. But if they had lost this game, the Chiefs could have fallen all the way to the four seed in the playoffs if everything worked out right to, on Sunday uh, across the AFC with some of these other teams winning football games. Now that they did, they have locked themselves into the two seed. So if you don't have that much faith in the Tennessee Titans and you think the Tennessee Titans could possibly get upset after that first round bye if they do beat the Texans on Sunday – then all of a sudden the chiefs are back in a situation where you got to go to arrowhead in the AFC playoffs. So getting the two seeds still a huge deal. It's still a big deal for the Kansas city chiefs. It just didn't seem like they cared that much about it today. No. And I, I mean, and here's the thing though, if you don't care about it, then why, then why play your starters? Andy Reed and the rest of the coaching staff apparently cared about winning today. And they know that the one seed is still in play. Otherwise, you would have rested everybody, you know. So if the coaching staff thinks that it's important, then get the players on board, you know, or don't or either go all in or go all out. Don't go halfway and kind of have this like we're going to play just enough guys, just enough minutes to win and then try to pull them back. That's the same thing that they tried to do last year where they said 
we're just going to turn it on for the playoffs and then everything's going to be fine, you know, and, and it got them in trouble come the Super Bowl. You can't just in the NFL players are too good. Even the bad teams have enough good players that if you don't turn it on and, and bring your best game every single time, you're going to get beat. You know, the Detroit yeah. Lions have a couple wins this year. They're not a good team, right? But listen, if you don't show up, you're going to get beat. And the Chiefs thought, that, like, I'll kind of show up today. I'll show up just enough. It's like when you go over to your, like, to your mother-in-law's house for dinner and you say, I'm going to engage in just enough conversation that they're not talking about me after I leave, yeah. right? You know, you're not really there to, like, to be there. You're there because you have to be there. And that's what it looked like today. So I, I do want to go back to the defense and, and highlight this game-changing play by Melvin Ingram because, man, the way the defense has struggled, you know, against the Bengals last week and then this weekend, what they did early in the season before they acquired Melvin Ingram. Like, Rocky, I think we'd be talking about this team very differently if they had never acquired Melvin Ingram at the trade deadline from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been incredible. He has just been a massive playmaker. And so – I pulled the play of the game because this is this is what the deciding factor was. And I know the Chiefs made plays at the end to seal it, but they could have lost this game because it looked like Denver was going to get into the end zone, and they probably should have if it wasn't for this play. Gordon could not have been and lost the ball. Gordon fumbles, and it's picked up. Nick Bolton, the former Missouri Tiger, with a game-changing play. A scoop and score. Nick Bolton was getting a little gas there at the end. Yeah, he was struggling. He was he was a little injured that could there at the very end. Yeah, once he got once he got about forty yards down the field, he was like, "Hang on, oh, this is far. I'm not I'm not used to being the scoop guy. What what is going on here?" But Melvin Ingram was just. It felt like in that single play, like that's the impact that he has had on this defense, in my opinion. And I know he's not playing every single snap or anything like that, but when he is on the field, he is a difference maker for them. And that felt like a veteran player who was frustrated and who was like, no, we're not playing as hard as we can. We have showed up and played sloppy football today. When I want a week off going into the playoffs. So I'm trying to win this football game and give us a chance. And Melvin Ingram just said, all right, I'm doing it myself and and just did it. And that was the deciding play in the game. That was the first time all game. I like got excited and got out of my seat. It was like, yeah, let's go. Because it was just that kind of football game. There was just a lack of energy throughout the entire contest. Really until that Melvin Ingram hit. Oh, a hundred percent. Kudos to Melvin Ingram on that play. I feel like sometimes we talk about Melvin Ingram like we think he's like Miles Garrett or TJ Watt on this podcast. But, you know, he's a savvy veteran, and there's at least two or three plays a game where his pedigree shows up, right? And that was, and he had on that play, he had Drew Locke's snap countdown. Like he knew when it was coming. He got a great jump off the ball, made a great move, and he was in the backfield, you know, as soon as the ball was handed off, you know. I can't say enough. Like that was like, that was what the chiefs needed when they needed it the most. And that's what your stars do. And, you know, at this point, you know, you want to say the the stars on this chiefs defense, you know, usually you say Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, maybe LeJarrius Sneed. But at this point, you know, is Melvin Ingram kind of like the Daryl Williams of, of the defense, you know, like he's not the most flashy guy, 
But when you need him and you need something to happen, when you need when you need a play, he's the guy that's going to show up for you. Yeah, he's been the catalyst that has made a lot of the other stuff work, you know. And Chris Jones was quiet tonight, and, and I know everybody on Twitter and social media was like, million dollar sack million dollar sack like chris jones hits a million dollar bonus if he gets another sack like he's got to get a sack and i i don't believe that he actually wound up getting it but i am a little concerned uh, about chris jones since he's come back from covid and i don't want to speculate but he did say when he met with the media a couple of weeks ago that it was bothering him and and that it was affecting him and and it kind of screwed up his stamina and he was still trying to work his way back from that he had two sacks last week against Cincinnati, and he was great in that football game. But it seems like he's hasn't been quite the same kind of game wrecker, I, I, I guess, that we were really seeing him turn into once they added Ingram and once Jaron Reed started having an impact and Frank Clark was healthy. And so I'm a little bit worried about him where it's like, okay, that bye again, that bye could play a huge role for this team if the Texans can show up tomorrow and pull off this upset like that buy could be huge. And so the defense overall, I think you have to be frustrated with the way they played, but kind of like the Cincinnati performance, I still don't come out of this game thinking that I learned that much about the Kansas city chiefs, because I've seen what it looks like when they play mistake-free football and, and they play the way that they're supposed to. And the offense does everything that it's supposed to. And the defense shows up and they, and they cover their assignments, fill their gaps, do everything that they're supposed to do on the football field. And that's a really good football team. But I feel like we've had more performances like this one against the Denver Broncos than we have like complete game performances. I would say their best complete game performance as an overall team throughout the entire season was probably against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And even offensively, they kind of left some stuff on the table in that game, but they were totally dominating it. So it didn't really matter. But Headed into the playoffs, like I'm still concerned that we're 18 weeks into this thing, and I still feel like I have major question marks about guys getting lost in coverage and not knowing their assignments in the secondary. Patrick Mahomes having total miscommunications with his pass catchers and guys not being where they're supposed to be. And all of that stuff seems like stuff you're supposed to figure out during the season. And we're talking about the NFL playoffs and the Chiefs trying to go to a third straight Super Bowl, and they're still working on that stuff. Well, yeah, and so with the COVID thing, it's so hard. You can't speculate. And the thing is, it affects each person so differently. You you remember Miles Garrett last year in the playoffs. He had had COVID a few weeks before, and we're talking, he was almost like a month out from COVID, and he was saying when he played against the Chiefs that he still wasn't back to 100% because he felt winded. You know, when you have a respiratory virus like that, there's just no telling how it's going to affect you. So, yeah, could it be affecting Chris Jones? Most definitely, but bigger than even that, you have plays like, for instance, the the long r- touchdown run that the Broncos had. Nick Bolton filled the A gap perfectly and made a raid on that play, and they bounced it over to the B slash C gap, and Juan Thornhill just made a horrible, horrible read on that hole. And he was he was there, and he should have made that play, and he he just went the entire different direction, and just gave the guy an entire field of green in front of him. You know, and so that's the real concern. It's that it's that we're in week 18 and these guys still don't have get still don't know their gap assignments on plays. Like that should have been a stop for one yard, and instead it was a touchdown. There's no excuse for that, Juan Thornhill. And that's where I where 
I think the argument where Steve Spagnuolo is going to come in and say, see, that's why I start Daniel Sorensen. But then you get Daniel Sorensen beat in the secondary. And it's like, can we just have two safeties that just know their jobs? You know, yeah. they can just perform at an adequate level in both aspects of the game. We either have a safety who can't perform in run defense or a guy who gets beat on every single pass. Just give us a guy who can do both at just like kind of an adequate level and I'll be, I'll be fine. Yeah. And there was a point in this football game where you felt like, Oh, the chiefs are just going to lose. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they're just going to lose this football game uh, against a much inferior team. And, and it, part of it seems like it's because they're just not interested in being here for this football game, but they did get some help in Vic Fangio choosing to kick a field goal uh, on a fourth and goal inside the chiefs red zone instead of going for it, like I, I feel like any logical head coach w- would do at that point in the game. Why would you give the ball like, like the Bengals did last week, like Zach da- Taylor did twice last week. Why would you give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes in a situation where all he has to do is get a first down and the game's over. A- and you, you're, you're kicking a field goal when you've got nothing to play for other than possibly saving your job and, and, screwing up the chiefs postseason seating. So I, I don't understand what they were doing there. That that's just a break that they caught. It's poor decision-making by Vic Fangio and just bad management. I, I think of, of like football process, but that was a break that they needed after they had already taken the football game over. So Chiefs Kingdom, uh, uh, raise your glass to Vic Fangio tonight, I, I guess, in his poor decision-making. You know, he's a defensive coach. And why did Vic Fangio kick a field goal? Why did we blitz on third and 27? You know what I mean? Like, why do a lot of these NFL coaches make poor decisions in the moment? And I think, I mean, I think sometimes we give these guys more credit than, than they deserve, you know? The NFL cycles through the exact same group of guys from team to team to team from, from either go, you know, you're, you're a defensive coordinator, then you're a head coach, you're a defensive coordinator, you're a head coach. I mean, you see that, you know, that, uh, that, you know, Dan Quinn is getting head coaching interview buzz right now. I mean, like, why do these guys do these things? Because they're prone to making bad decisions. That's why yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it is what it is. So Andy Reid is speaking with the media right now. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure you stick around immediately following the show. We'll have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and whoever they stick up there at the post-game podium. So you can hear it right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. But Andy Reid was asked about some of the injured players, and he just said Tyree Kills got a sore heel. Daryl Williams hurt his big toe in the game. And it seems like a lot of this was just kind of precautionary, like, you know, maybe in a playoff game, Daryl would have come back out and played in the second half. And then he did add that Travis Kelsey is fine. So it doesn't seem like Travis Kelsey got yeah. seriously hurt on that final possession for the Kansas City Chiefs, which is big. And obviously, Daryl has been fantastic. So I really hope that that toe injury is not something serious that's going to keep him sidelined for any point in time. We I'd expect Clyde to be back for the playoffs just the way the chiefs have kind of been talking about him the last couple of weeks. I know he didn't play this week, but it kind of seemed like a situation where they were like, Daryl's playing fine and we can just rest Clyde. We're fine with doing that to make sure Clyde is ready to go for the playoffs. And Jarek McKinnon had a hell of a game tonight. Jarek McKinnon finally got on the field and had a pretty big role for the Kansas city chiefs. 
and looked like the pass catching specialist that you expect from him. He was also running the football hard when he was getting opportunities to do that. He had the touchdown uh, pass from Mahomes where he made two guys miss and they were kind of filthy jukes like Jared McKinnon. That's what we've kind of expected to see from him all season. I know he spent some time on IR, but when he's been healthy, he just hasn't had a role in this offense. So it's kind of interesting um, if Jarek McKinnon is kind of carving himself out a late season role in the passing attack headed into the postseason. Well, if Jerry McKinnon is your number four back behind, you know, Clyde Darrell and, and Derek Gore, I mean, that's a pretty good problem to have. I mean, cause he's, he's way too athletic to be your fourth best back. Um, I, 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 I really, really think that with the chiefs and Darrell Williams, he needed 37 yards coming into this game to have his first thousand yard scrimmage season, which by the way, congratulations, Darrell Williams, you made it to a thousand yards from scrimmage and, and this season, which was one of your goals that you sent out on Twitter, you said you had a goal of making a thousand yards and you did it. So we're very proud of you. I think you hit that goal. And Andy said, all right, well, listen, Derek, there's not a lot of drop off between Darrell Williams and Derek Gore and Jarek McKinnon. Let's just get them some reps. Let's keep Darrell, let's keep Darrell, you know, healthy enough that we can use them moving forward. Um, it'll be interesting to see though if this if this injury does linger. I really wouldn't expect it to though. I really really feel like Andy said I just kind of want to get these other two guys warmed up for the playoff push. Yeah, and before we get out of here, I, I just want us to kind of give our final thoughts on this Chiefs team heading into the playoffs, whether uh, their first game be next week or, or the following week if they happen to get lucky and get a bye. Obviously, expectations are high for this Kansas City Chiefs team in what's been an up-and-down season. But my expectation coming into this is I hope we see a different Chiefs team because I think last year you saw that this team was so, so talented. They kind of sleptwalked through the regular season. I think they've done some of that this season too. I think that Overall, the offense has struggled more, and it's not quite as talented as it maybe was last season, but the offensive line is better, and that should help. And the defense has gone through a lot of growing pains, but it seems like it's still in a good position to be good enough when you get into the playoffs. And I still think that these guys have been through so much over the last couple of years and in the postseason. They know how important the stage is, and I'd expect to see them kind of turn this thing up to another level in the playoffs. So heading into this, whether it be next week or the following week, that's all I'm hoping for. I'm looking for a a dominant kind of chiefs performance that I feel like we've been chasing for a lot of the season. Yeah. I mean, I just want to see the chiefs go for it. Like I feel like in a lot of games they're holding back and there's times where Andy Reid's trying to play the game a little too close for the vest, especially in the second half or, you know, the players aren't giving their full effort and being completely locked in. Like, okay, here we go. You made it through the regular season. You still have a chance at the one seed. Vamos, Texans, let's go. You know, we, we really need you to pull the uh, the upset out of your hat for us tomorrow. But, uh, but regardless, if you're in the two seed, like there's a good chance that the Titans are going to lose in the playoffs. They're not the most intimidating team in the NFL. So that means that you have a chance of having home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Okay, that's fine. But let's go. Let's put the pedal to the metal. You get up on a team. Let's let's step on, stomp on them and put them and put them away. And let's stop playing around in the second half. 
don't there's there's no there's no reason to hold back anymore, right? Like you're in that that March Madness scenario where it's win in advance. So whatever you got to do to win, I got to see you clawing and fighting your way to a victory, no matter what. And that's what I want to see out of this team. I want to see some grit. I want to see some guts, and I want to see them come out swinging and just keep swinging until the job's done. Yeah, I, I just think that the way the AFC has played out this year, where I don't believe there is a truly dominant across the ent- dominant team across the entire conference. I still wholeheartedly believe whether the Chiefs get the one seed in the AFC or not, going into the playoffs, they are the best overall team in this conference. I know Cincinnati's hot right now, and they're the popular, like young, shiny toy, but no team in the AFC is a clear cut Super Bowl favorite, in my opinion, which is why you have to pick the Kansas City Chiefs as the top team in the AFC. Because at the end of the day, they still have Patrick Mahomes and they're still a very, very talented team despite their struggles throughout the entire regular season. So I still think the Chiefs are the top team in the AFC headed into the playoffs. But we really appreciate you guys hanging out with us on a Saturday night. And no, it's been weird for everybody watching the Chiefs on Saturday. And now it's like we got to turn around and do this whole thing again for 12 hours tomorrow on a football Sunday. And we got to root for the Houston Texans to upset the Tennessee Titans. But I don't think that would be totally crazy. So I think the Chiefs still have a good chance at this first round bye. As I already mentioned, if you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure you stick around. Immediately following this show, we will have all the post-game press conferences, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, anybody else that spoke with the media after the game. Please make sure that you follow Rocky on Twitter, at Rocky Magana. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. Make sure you're on the lookout. Monday morning, we'll have a fresh edition of the Arrowhead Drive. Get you caught up on all of those playoff scenarios and, and how they shape up on Sunday. And then Monday afternoon, of course, we will have Out of Structure with Ron Kopp and Matt Stagner dropping as they take a look at this entire game and probably take a look at whoever the Chiefs are going to be playing in the AFC playoffs. We'll talk to you guys soon. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Immediately following the Kansas City Chiefs 28-24, to when we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, linebacker Nick Bolton, and wide receiver McCole Hardman. We'll go in that order, starting with Andy Reid, followed by Patrick Mahomes, then linebacker Nick Bolton, and wide receiver McCole Hardman. Here's Andy Reid. Um, had a sore heel and so we held him out for most of the game, although he, he jumped in and played a little bit. Um, and then Daryl Williams, um, had a great toe that was, that was bothering him there is his big toe. Um, and other than that, I think, I think we're, we're okay. Uh, so, uh, I, my hat goes off to, uh, Vic and, and uh, the Broncos for the game that they played, I thought they played with great emotion and effort. And um, I was glad that we came out on the on the right end for in our case for us. Uh, but Vic does a heck of a job, and and uh, I respected the heck out of him as far as um, his football team. They they're tough. Uh, Ingram, I thought really. His two big hits, I thought, were more big, and the push he was getting um, off the edge, I thought, was important for us, and not none bigger than the the last one, um, you know, where we were able to pick it up and and score. So that was a great job by both those guys. Um, and then um, offensively, uh, McKinnon stepping in uh, for Daryl McCole. Um, stepping in for 10. I just thought that uh, both those two had, had big nights. I mean, McColl's was over 100 yards, um, eight, I believe, eight receptions, somewhere in that area. Uh, Pat did a nice job on, on third down. Uh, I just I love the way our defense uh, buckled down um, and just they bared down and, and did a nice job. I think the leadership um, on the defense, starting with Spags and with, our, with the players and the assistant coaches, I just thought it was tremendous. Um, EB and Mike Kafka, they both had calls in there that were tremendous um, and, and much appreciated. Um, uh, and uh, all the assistant coaches um, on the offensive side and then special teams, uh, likewise. We had a couple of hiccups there, but powered through that too. So. All in all, a good win, an important win uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, um, and then we will uh, see what we have. I guess by tomorrow night, we'll have an idea of who we're playing and and the times and all that. But we sure look forward to bringing um, a playoff game back into Arrowhead and um, and, and with our fans. So, with that, time's yours. Let's go first to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy. Um, what was it about tonight's game, other than opportunity with, with Tyreek not playing a lot, that allowed uh, McCole Hardman to have a big game? And, Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Well, we, we were able to get the ball in his hands quick, and and you saw him just explode. I mean, he was playing fast, and uh, I mean, very fast. So he, he was explosive. We've seen that in other games too, but he, he really had opportunities to get it quickly and um, to hit it. 
And what kind of uh, prize? You, you guys can obviously still be the number one seed, depending on what happens tomorrow. What kind of prize would getting that first round by be for you guys? Well, I mean, we're going to end up getting an extra day uh, with this game. So if we don't get that, we'll, we'll be ready. If we don't get the bye, we'll be ready. And if we do, we'll, we'll try to take advantage of that time there too. So, um, but you know, either way, um, we're going to, we're going to utilize whatever time we have uh, to make sure we get ourselves right for uh, the next game. Let's go next to Herbie T.O.P. Go to Herbie. Hey, Coach, uh, and Brad, I have two questions here. Coach, the footing out there seemed to be an issue. I'm, I'm, how did you all address it throughout the game, and did you all have to change cleats uh, during halftime? And, Brad, I'll have a second one after this. Now, some of the guys at the middle of the field, they, they resought it, and that was a little bit slippery. Um, although the edges, once it once the temperature started kicking down a little bit, um, there, there was a little bit of moisture there, too. So uh, um, it ended up being a bit slippery. I thought the guys, the guys, uh, they knew that before before the game. So the ones that felt like they needed to switch cleats did that. And then lastly, Coach uh, Travis Kelsey looked looked like he got banged up on that last play there when he caught that first yeah, he, down. He's okay. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Andy. Um, at what point did you know um, that Tyreek wasn't going to be in his full capacity? And then secondly. A lot of the plays that McColl had were, were behind the line of scrimmage catches. Were those plays that you inputted this week intended to be for Tyree Kill? And then McColl had to step into that role, or were those plays already intended for McColl? A couple were, and some weren't. Um, probably the majority weren't, uh, but uh, were not for for 10. So, And I knew about him before before the game. Uh, uh, he, he tweaked it during the warm-ups, his, his heel. He's had that before, so... Um, he just landed on it funny and he, you know, he told me that, uh, you know, he was hurting. So let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Good Pete. Coach, just when it comes to Jarek McKinnon, um, what does it say about him that, you know, he spent some time in IR and, and really, you know, after the Williams injury kind of became a plug and play and was able to just have such a productive, uh, game and, and stay within there. Yeah. Pete. So, you know, the, he was a quarterback I mean, a legitimate quarterback in college, um, and so he understands that whole concept of team. He gets that leadership and that's kind of the way he handles himself. I mean, he never complains about anything. He goes hundred miles an hour and does it to the best of his ability. And as a coach, I mean, that's all you can ask for, but he, you know, it was just a matter of him staying, staying healthy. You know, he had a couple setbacks backs there. So, uh, getting healthy and being healthy, uh, you, know, you got to see what he did there. Next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Andy, I have two questions for you. Just when you guys won the first matchup against the Broncos, I believe uh, McCole was only targeted one time for one reception. I just wonder between then and now, just what you've seen from McCole, maybe behind the scenes that may have helped him for this opportunity tonight. And uh, just what impresses you most about Nick Bolton uh, with his first regular season concluding today? Yeah, well, listen, I'll start with Nick because that, that was a game changer. Um, I, you know, I, I was hoping that he wouldn't stumble, right? So th those guys don't get a chance to run that, that far that fast uh, very often. And he ran it like a stallion. I mean, he just he took off and uh, looked like a running back there. So 
I, I was uh, happy for him. Uh, he's had, you know, he's had a pretty good rookie year, I'd say, and uh, and having 17 games that you play in, I, I, that's not the easiest thing to do as a rookie. But he's he's taken advantage of it. And I think it's great to have Hitch there to kind of learn from it. And he's taking advantage of that too. So, um, and then I've gone on too long, so I don't remember what the first question was. <laughs> McColl, yeah. So McColl, um, McColl. The one thing McColl's done is all season he's he, he's tried to get better, and um, and so you got to see it tonight. I mean, we, we've been seeing the progress as we've gone on, and you know, we were able to showcase of what they did defensively today. We'll ask to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach. Kind of following up on Nate's question there about Nick. Um, he's another one of the guys that obviously doesn't look like he's hit much of a rookie wall at all. Um, what What is it, do you feel like, that's allowed him to be so successful? I mean, lead, leading the team in tackles, even though he hasn't been a starter all season. Yeah, well, he did the same thing at Missouri where he led the conference in, in tackles. He, he's a... Um, He's a good tackler. He knows he's, he's a humble kid. So he, he knows what he doesn't know and he, he's willing to work on it. And there's something to be said about that. So he, he's uh, continued to do that throughout, throughout the season. And I would imagine he'll do it throughout his career. And that's something um, that, that you need to keep um, as you go forward. It's a great tool to have, a mental tool to have, but it's even better when you had the success he has to continue to do that and keep working your game. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Okay, thank you. Hey, Patrick, um, what was it about tonight's game, other than opportunity, because Tyreek didn't play a lot, that allowed McCole uh, Hardman to have such a big game? And Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Yeah, I mean, he kind of had a – I mean, with Tyreek kind of – whatever, not being able to play as much as we expected. Uh, McColl stepped in that position and made plays happen. And um, he's made plays happen, I mean, all season long. I mean, he, he might not have the big numbers as far as stats on the whole entire season, but in big moments, he makes a lot of big plays. Um, and he has all the talent in the world, and uh, uh, we'll need that going forward into the playoffs. And um, you guys can still be the number one seed. You need a, a pretty big upset tomorrow, but still there's that possibility. What kind of prize would that be if you guys can wind up as that number one seed and get that first round by? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think to me, it's more of a when you get a first round bye, it's more of a win. I mean, because you're getting going past another around in the, the playoffs, which are never easy. But it is what it is. Um, we're ready to go wherever uh, against whoever. I mean, we just go in with the mindset of we're going to play uh, each and every week to try to have a chance to to get back to that Super Bowl. Let's go next to Todd Palmer. Go, ahead, Todd. Uh, hey, Patrick. Uh, two questions. One, can you just describe the emotional swing on the sideline of that Nick Bolton touchdown with Denver going in and then to, to completely flip it? And then I, I also was curious, like, what's your plan? Are you going to watch the Texans Titans game tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll watch all the games. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of football just in general, but obviously I'll have that game on the TV um, and, uh, and be checking that one out. But I'll have other games as well because, I mean, we have a couple of opponents that we possibly could be playing. So I'll try to look at a little bit of that uh, to see what they're doing. I mean, because they're big games for them as well. Um, and then um, the, that was a big play. I mean, that was a big play by a, a big-time player. Um, and Nick and then uh, Melvin for making a heck of a play to, to get, force that thing loose. And so <clears throat> I said earlier, but uh, that's why we brought Melvin over here. I mean, to make plays like that. And uh, he made a big play for us. Nick picked it up. He almost went down, but he got, got away to the end zone. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. 
Patrick, stemming from some of the buy talk, I mean, this is still a 12 win season, but I heard your initial interview after the game and you're just kind of saying we still can play better. How do you marry that in a sense? Like, you know, we are maybe an upset over, you know, from getting a bye week, but look, um, this isn't the level of football that, that we feel we can play. Yeah. I just, I just feel like we haven't had that complete game yet. Uh, offense, defense, special teams. Um, and we have the players. You see week, week in and week out, you see the defense have a great game. You see the offense have a great game. You see special teams have a great game. Um, and I think when we when we all come together and, and have that that game or the run of games, uh, that we're a team that we can win as much as we want to win. Um, and so uh, we're going into the playoffs, into a tough division, AFC. Uh, it's going to be tough, tough games every week that we play, and we're going to have to find a way to play our best football at the right time of the season. We've got four more. We'll go right down the line, starting with Sam. Good, Sam. Hey, Patrick, another question on McColl. Um, obviously, you guys didn't know till late in the preparation that he was going to get that many snaps today. It looked like a lot of that was going to go to Tyreek Hill. Um, what's the adjustment for you first as a quarterback when, when the receiver changes? And then secondly, I'm sure you can appreciate the adjustment for McColl as well, stepping in that late. Yeah, I mean, first off, I mean, as far as receiver changes, I mean, no one is Tyreek. I mean, he's a special player that has never been seen in this league. Um, but McColl is, is is pretty close. I mean, he, he has a lot of the speed. He has a lot of the shiftiness and stuff like that. And, uh, I mean, he comes to work every single day. Uh, I mean, he, obviously, I'm, I'm sure he's wanted to get more stats and all that different type of stuff, but he's prepared for this moment. And I think you saw that today. As he stepped right in that moment, um, he knew all the plays that Tyreek had kind of were called for him. I um, mean, he made plays happen when we, we called his number. So, I mean, he's a guy that – I mean, he, he's battled through adversity in his career. But, I mean, at the end of the day, he's made big plays for us every single year, uh, every single game. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Patrick, I have two questions for you. The first is, uh, this is now 13 wins on the road against the division. Just what is your thoughts on that accomplishment? And, and I guess what's the best part of winning division road games? And Brad will have a follow-up. Um, yeah, I didn't realize it until they started – tweeting it out all the time. Um, but uh, it's uh, it, we, we focus a lot on division games. I mean, our, our first goal is always the AFC West. And in, in order to win it, you get to win games on the road. Um, and there's a lot of hostile environments, like especially mile high. It's, I mean, it's, a, it's a great environment for football, and they're loud. They were loud today. Um, and so um, we just go in with the mindset of just trying to play a complete game and try to find a way to win the game at the end of the game. And uh, uh, we did that today, and we've done that uh, in my career. And it's always good to see some Chiefs fans out here at, at all those games. And secondly, I know you've given praise to Brett for the offseason that you guys previously had, but you only played once in your rookie season. Everybody knows that. But just what are your thoughts on the rookie class in a 17-game season uh, sort of getting through it the way they have guys like Trey, Creed, and obviously uh, what Nick did tonight? Yeah, I mean, we, he, he brought in a lot of great players. I mean, um, the guys that have contributed to this team, um, battled through a long season, straight out of college, straight out of combine training, all that different type of stuff. And they're going to be a big impact for us in the playoffs. And um, they've gotten better and better each and every week. They have the right mindset, which is big when you have a, a young guy like that. They come into work every single day with the, the, the thought to get better. Um, and uh, to have that maturity at such a young age, is, it's, it's special. Last two, we'll go Mike and then Bahe. Go ahead, Mike. Yes, Patrick. Um, I'm from Denver. I was just wondering, were you surprised, given uh, the Broncos had no playoff in implications, that they played as hard as they did? And then secondly, you know, with all their secondary guys hurt, uh, what did Vic do to compensate? How did he attack you today? I, I wasn't surprised at all. I mean, I could have, I, I could have told you at the beginning of the week, I mean, that this team, uh, their, their culture that they have of, of playing football is they play hard every single snap, uh, no matter what the situation is. And Coach Fangio does a great job of, of getting those guys ready to go. 
Um, and I mean, in my career, I mean, he's been one of the toughest guys I've went up against. I mean, he, uh, he does a lot of great things. That's why you see all his disciples all around the league. Um, and, um, I mean, they, they did a lot of different shells and mixed coverages, brought a couple blitzes here and there. And I mean, that's what he does. He keeps you on your toes. He doesn't stay in one, one coverage. He does whatever he thinks is best for his team and whoever's out there. Last of Vahe. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Patrick. Um, two questions, Brad. I'll follow up after the first one. Um, do you by any chance recall anything you might have said to Melvin or Nick after that play? I was, I was I was pretty excited. I don't know exactly what I said, but uh, I was pretty hyped for Melvin. And then uh, Nick was getting bombarded, so I just kind of said, said something to him after the game. But, uh, I mean, that's a heck of a play by two dudes um, that, that – it kind of looks similar out there on the field, honestly, if you, as I'm thinking about it. So, uh, but it was a heck of a play by two dudes that, that really changed the landscape of the game. Well, then that's the other, the other question too, Patrick. I mean, you guys still hope to be playing your best game in the near future, but how much does this day illustrate the, how thin the margin of error can be and how much, you know, plays like that can change everything? Yeah. I mean, um, in this league, especially in our division, I mean, there's a lot of great football teams. I mean, you look at teams like the Chargers, the Raiders, who are fighting to get in the playoffs, the Colts. I mean, they're teams that, that can beat anybody. Um, and so for us, we understand that. There's a lot of great football teams in this division, um, and uh, we have to be ready to go if we want to do, get to where we want to get to. Um, and uh, we understand that. But we've been in these games before, and we, we know how to win them. And so I, I, at the end of the game, if it's close, I, I think we're going to find a way. Patrick, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Hey, Nick. Uh... Can you take us through that uh, fumble recovery, just what you saw and uh, what you were thinking as you were headed to the end zone? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so I just uh, come out the edge. Uh, Coach Bass got a great blitz. Uh, I D-lineman, uh, Mel Ingram, uh, went ahead and got vertical penetration. I uh, got a TFL, uh, cost a fumble. And so from then on, I was just, I just scoop and score. Uh, and I got some teammates, gave me some great blocks heading into the end zone and just trying to get to the end zone from there. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Two questions real quick, Nick. Just what has it been like to play with Melvin Ingram and to just see his impact on the team this year? And then secondly, uh, how have you tried to handle a 17-game season and, and what's it been like for you and the rest of the rookies uh, to try to get better as the season's gone along? Uh, yeah, Mel, since he came in here, I've been a, a great vet in the room. Um, coming in every single day trying to get better. I uh, trying to improve himself and, and help our defense become better. And so having a guy like that come in, I uh, miss season uh, and, and bring that what he brings to the football team uh, is, is special. So um, he keeps going out there making plays, communicating, uh, putting, getting us in the best position as possible as well. So uh, that's credit off to him for coming in the midseason and be able to do that. Um, and just uh, in terms of 17-game seasons and stuff like that, um, this uphill battle just taking week by week, day by day. That's uh, kind, of, kind of how you got to do it. Uh, kind of talk to fellow rookies. We're kind of doing the same thing and just trying to come in every single day uh, and put the best on the table and let the rest take care of itself. We'll go next to Vahe. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Nick. Um, it, it, Andy was saying uh, that he thought you might – he was worried you might stumble as you were trying to get some momentum running down there. Can you just uh, – uh, did you have any worry like that? And, and it looked like you had to pull away from uh, Drew Locke. Did you did you talk to Drew after the game? I actually didn't get a chance to, uh, to speak to Drew. Um, I'm going to hit him up uh, probably after the game. I uh, just talked to him and stuff like that. But uh, probably getting close to the 50-yard line. Uh, I had seven studs in uh, for the field, and I, I ended up slipping a little bit. Uh, at that point, I was just trying to get to the end zone. So I uh, was happy to get to the end zone, get a touchdown for our team, and help us win. And we'll go last to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Nick, you know, you're leading the team in tackles, over 100 tackles on the season now. Um, could you, uh, before the season, have dreamed that your rookie campaign was going to be going like this, that you'd have such an impact season for a team that's going to the playoffs in this spot? Uh, coming in, I just wanted to come in and be the best version of myself. 
uh, every single week. And so that's kind of what my mindset was coming in OTAs, uh, training camp and training on the season. So I'm um, just trying to do that. I'm going to continue to try to do that for our football team. I feel like it makes us better. If I come in every single day and get my best efforts. Um, so I'm going to keep doing that. Um, let the rest take care of it, uh, itself. I'm not chasing stats. I just chasing wins. And so that's kind of the mindset it is. Just want to know every week. Uh, just trying to win the championship from here on out. Uh, I'm wondering if you can kind of rehash the, the pregame stuff. I mean, at what point do you do you feel like, hey, I'm going to play more today, my role is going to be expanded, and then what changes mentally with – obviously, you prepare for those snaps anyways, right? But what prepares you to take on a bigger role at the last minute like that? Well, first, uh, let's talk about this pregame because nobody told me nothing until, like, kickoff. I'm like – yeah, I said, what? I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, okay, cool. So now I just, like, locked in completely. But um, it was kind of, you know, we practice hard. So it's, it's ready. I'm, I'm ready for those kind of situations um, whenever they present themselves. And um, I didn't know what your second question was. I was kind of locked in on the first question. Well, I also just wanted to know um, what sort of prepared you. I mean, you, you said that you locked in mentally. But um, is there kind of a switch that flips when you, when you learn, hey, my workload's going to be bigger today? Oh yeah, definitely got to flip that switch. Um, but even though, even when your workload isn't that high, you know, you still want to be locked in mentally, and you know, whenever you get the, you know, the chance to catch the ball or opportunity presents itself, you want to be ready. So, um, but in those kind of situations, it's kind of like a little different. So you definitely got to have a, a extra boost, you know, knowing that you're gonna be targeted a little bit more. The team gonna need you a little bit more. So, um, it's definitely a little bit more pressure on you going into the game. But um, I was ready for it, ready for the challenge, and um, came out with a good win today. Next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, McCall. Um, what was it about today's game, other than just Tyreek didn't play a whole lot, that allowed you to have a big day? Was there something about today's game that uh, allowed for that? Well, Tyreek didn't play, you know. So um, <laughs> when when the when a superstar like that is on the field, like um, is on the field as much, you know, somebody got to step up and um, take those snaps and. and and take those targets and um, make the best out of it. And that's what I did when I got in the game and, um, and you know, played as much as I did. I just wanted to take advantage of the opportunity and make the most of it. Let's go back to Darren so we can get it to work. Darren, go ahead. Hey, uh, McCall, uh, quickly, you know, we talked earlier in the year about your, you know, about your, your growth. Um, how do you think that you feel now going into the postseason with your play going into your fourth season after this year? Um, I think I've, I've matured as a player over the last three years. Um, I think I didn't, I didn't grew as a player just overall um, far as the intermediate short game, uh, whether it be screens, you know, uh, shallows across the field. Um, my deep game always been there, um, you know, so I think I, I just becoming a better player overall, you know, catching the ball better, um, seeing the field better, seeing coverages better, um, being on the same page as the quarterback. So just all over these years, I just um, – just been trying to get better in, in every category and just all around been a better player. So going into the fourth season, you know, um, of course, we, we still got to finish the season, but just want to keep the team on those those basic things and uh, those basic fundamentals as a receiver. Last two, we'll go Harold and then Herbie. Go ahead, Harold. McCole, your first game with over 100 yards receiving, just what does that mean to you and all the hard work you've put in to finally get that uh, notch on your belt? Like, damn, finally, man, I finally got 100, you know? Damn, like, <laughs> excuse my language, but yeah, it, it's been a long time since um, I've seen 100 yards. I think it's back to South Carolina and Georgia last time I seen 100 yards. So um, uh, it, it's, a, it's a great achievement. Um, it's something to definitely be proud about, especially that you got the win. Um, so hopefully I can get some more of those. Um, but 
just know I'm happy about those, about that hundred right there. We'll go last to Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, McCole, congratulations on getting a hundred yards. You, as a follow-up to Sam's earlier question about you finding out, you know, just before kickoff that you were going to take on an expanded role, how much was Tyreek Hill in your ear and offering you encouragement throughout the game? Uh, no, Tim was just telling me, like, man, go out there and do what you do. They can't guard you. They can't hold you. So do, do what you do. Uh, do what you know um, what you're capable of doing. So just hearing him say that, I just that's all I needed to hear. Just go out there and ball. So. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.